if you use some variables, if you, you know, if you're at home and you're using one of those Whirly Bird grinders, I think if your variables were kind of all the same, where it was the same amount of time, and let's say you see people shake them, um, that you try to do that the same every day. And if you didn't get a good cup, maybe you back it off by five seconds. Yeah. And you documented what you're doing at least at some point. I'm, I'm sure you can get a pretty decent cup of coffee out of it. This is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and every week, my coffee friends and I are bringing you the absolute best coffee education that you can find out there in the Coffeeverse. Season 2 takes us on coffee's journey from shelf to sip. If you happen to miss Season 1, go back and listen. It's in chronological order, and it takes us on coffee's journey from seed to to shelf. I'm joined in the studio today by Katie, and we are going to uh, do our second interview with Matt McLaughlin of Starved Rock Coffee Company about grinders. And Katie, did you learn maybe a little bit about grinding? Oh, yeah. Yeah? For sure. But what you don't know is... And what we will, and maybe you do know, but we will learn in this episode is the difference in a blade grinder and a burr grinder. Do you have any idea? I can't say that I do. Let's say, all right, so you know. I mean, one is with a blade, I assume. Bingo. Okay. Um, And one was with a. And one's really cold? Yeah. Burr. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like Aaron Burr. Hashtag dad Like jokes. maybe Aaron Burr. Sir. Okay. No, not Burr, with the Hamilton. Sir. Um, maybe he like invented it or something. Maybe he it's did. Like a wild the burr, guess. the burr grinder. The burr grinder. Maybe he did. Yes. Um, American's I really liked Hamilton. Grinder. Did you like, like that? Okay. Well. Oh gosh, my voice went away. That's cute. Um, <clears throat> I really liked it. I watched it way after the hype. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of, like, it was so, like, everyone was on it. Like, it was all over social media. Like, everyone was watching Hamilton. Like, my friends would just sing Hamilton songs at school, and I felt so left out because I didn't know any of the Hamilton songs. The only thing I knew was just, like, from them singing it. And so then when other people would sing the songs, I would be like, <laughs> yeah, I know that. And then... And you um it till you made it. Right. And then one day, I had nothing to do. It was, like, a big commitment. It's, like, three hours like a yeah. three-hour thing. Yeah, it was long. Um, I decided to watch it one night. Yeah. Um, when I was just not doing anything, and I watched it, and it was great. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. And so today we will continue our talk on grinders uh-huh. with Matt McLaughlin. McLaughlin. And he will tell us about the Wait. burrs, sir. How do you spell McLaughlin? I know, why why do you ask me stuff well, like because that? Because you say it like it has a G in it, and well, I like okay. I, is it like McLaughlin or is it like McLaughlin? Um, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm curious. Okay, because, so basically it is M C. Oh, okay, okay. Capital L. Okay. A U G H L I N. Okay, cool. McLaughlin. I have a friend, and her last name is Laughlin. Okay. But um. I was is it Laughlin or McLaughlin? Okay, okay, Loughlin. okay. Is it spelled the same um, as that part? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that's anyway. So that's how I say his name. Anyways, but I, like I was just thinking that because I would pronounce it differently. Not that it matters, but like that's just stuff I think about. Yeah. Like, you okay. say McLaughlin, and I say McLaughlin. All right. Well, McDonald's. Let, let's Sorry. let's get to <laughs> let's get to our interview, and we'll talk a little more about grinders. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit, and let's talk about, and we're going to initially start talking about in the home, but some of this we're going to start segueing in and out of talking about in the coffee shop as well, different grinders and different ways they're built, um, and some of these will overlap. So the big categories are blade versus burr grinders, but I'm also going to say versus hand grinders. Now, you're not going to see a blade hand grinder. Um, almost all of them, if they're hand grinders, are going to be burr grinders. But um, I wanted to kind of separate those three out, although they don't exactly separate out perfectly. Um, so let's start with the one that we probably honestly use the least, but I think is worth talking about, which is a blade grinder. I'm going to let you start, Matt. I have not had a blade grinder in, in probably pushing 20 years, but um, I know a lot of people that buy our coffee. That's one of the first things they say is, hey, I've got a, I've got this grinder. I want to buy whole bean coffee, but I'm not getting the best extraction out of this coffee. It doesn't taste the same every morning. And I think a lot of that I often tell them is due to that grinder. You know, one time they may grind it for, let's throw a number out there, 20 seconds. And the next day, maybe they didn't count. And it's 30 seconds and the grinds are finer. So if you did not have a grinder, um, I would say that is one way you could start just to see if you, you know, your thoughts on it. And, and I think it's better than buying ground coffee in some aspects and other yeah. ones I'm torn because when you do buy a ground bag from us, you know, or you obviously our grinders are the, the burrs alone might be a thousand dollars for that grinder. So yeah. you're going to get uh, the particle size is going to be correct. Um, I'm not a fan of them, but there are, a few individuals that I know that still swear by them and say they get a great cup of coffee. And I think that's what it comes down to. If, if you use one and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm extremely happy with my cup of coffee in the morning, then I'd probably continue to use it. Yeah, no. And that's what we say at humble coffee is at the end of the day, no matter what you do, how you get there, what you put in it, what you don't, if you like your cup of coffee, thumbs up. Like we, we just don't care past that point. Our, our goal in, and I know your goal at starved rock is um, we want you to enjoy your cup of coffee. And so thinking about blade grinders, when we're talking about this, this is what I would call like a whirly bird um, grinder. It's it's the same thing you see for like smoothie makers, food processors, blenders. You know, it'll have like two or four little like sharp blade propellers in the bottom. And um, you can even double one of those type of grinders if you're in a pinch um, somebody gifted you some whole bean coffee and you don't have a grinder you can use one of those um, in your house to grind the coffee Um, the advantage is that they're cheap Um, disadvantage kind of like Matt alluded to is you don't get a really even distribution of the grind size so you're going to have on one end you're going to have what we call fines which are going to over-extract and lead to a bitter taste. And then you're going to have what we call boulders, which will under-extract 
and kind of give a what I would call a sour taste or somebody some people might say like a grassy um, maybe a little acidic type but in a bad way acidic uh, taste and so when you're looking at the balance in the cup it may not be the best balance but um, I would say that if I had to pick between using a blade grinder myself or using pre-ground coffee I'd probably use a blade grinder and start with whole beans. I would have to tend to agree with you. Um, the coffee just tastes a lot fresher um, as when it's whole bean. And I, and I think if you use some variables, if you, you know, if you're at home and you're using one of those whirly bird grinders, I think if your variables were kind of all the same, where it was the same amount of time. And let's say you see people shake them um, that you try to do that the same every day. And if you didn't get a good cup, maybe you back it off by five seconds yeah. And you documented what you're doing, at least at some point. I'm, I'm sure you can get a pretty decent cup of coffee out of it. Yeah. But there are definitely, for not a whole lot more money, you could get a lot better cup. Yep. I agree. And so that will segue into us talking about burr grinders. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to kind of interchange at this point talking about grinders in the coffee shop, but also in the home. And we've already discussed the Baratza Encore grinder, which Matt and I both use at home and would recommend, and we'll put a link in the show notes below. Um, But think about burrs as being two plates with the perfect spacing in between them. So when we're talking about perfect spacing, we're talking about millimeters or even, you know, more precise than that. So that what comes out is the exact like grind size that you need for your specific brewing uh, that you're doing that day or that if you're barista, you're doing in the shop. And so that space is kind of like a gate, you know. So think about it. Some things aren't going to pass through the gate. The only way they're going to pass through the gate is if they get down to a certain size. Um, Now, things that are smaller then that gate are also going to come through. So no grinder is perfect. And we talked about that a little bit on the um, show that we did on extraction. Um, And so go back and listen to that one. If you haven't um, with Patrick Rolf, who was a uh, world barista finalist and who knows a little bit about extraction. Um, But, you know, pros and cons, um, like I alluded to, you do have a more predictable size as far as like the distribution of the grounds and a con might be compared to the blade grinder. It might be a little more expensive. Um, thoughts, Matt? Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's the grinder that you should start with. Um, if you're at home and you want to tip, you know, start with specialty coffee a little bit and you don't know where to start, and you decide you're going to upgrade from the Whirly Bird or not buy ground coffee anymore, I think the Burr Grinder is your first step. Um, Like you said, you're going to get so much uh, better job of getting the particle size closer. Uh, Your extraction is going to be better. And, again, they're not that expensive. I I don't have any in front of me right here, but I I would think anywhere from $40 would probably start you in that range. Um, to get you a really good grinder, th- there are a few cons. They can be loud. 
Um, you know, in the morning time, the Baratza Encore, that's one little um, thing with it. I don't think if you're the first one up in the morning and you you get that one going, not everybody in the household is going to be real happy with you. Right. Um, but uh, they're a little bit louder. But the other thing you have to check when you get these burr grinders that we've had is there is a life to these burrs um, with all of them. And they generally the manufacturer will tell you how many pounds that's good for. Um, I don't remember on the Baratza, but I, I think it might be 800 pounds somewhere in there. And, and I'm just throwing a number out there, but yeah. eventually those will also get wore down. So you have to keep an eye on that as well. Yep. And, um, I'm just looking, well, I guess you'd say multitasking while you're talking and attempting to listen to you, which I think I did, but also <laughs> I was looking at, uh, prices and you Perfect. can get, you can get burr grinders for as cheap as like 60 bucks. Um, you know, a, Baratza Encore grinder is probably going to be about 150 bucks, um, and then sure. there's a little bit of everything in between. Um, so that's it's. I think long term, I think it's um, worth it. Um, as crazy as it is, I was just in Aldi. I don't know if you have those in yeah, the South grocery store, and uh, they had a pour over kettle and a a burr grinder, huh. and I think the burr grinder was like thirty five, forty dollars, and the kettle was in the same price range, and and I bought them. Um, just because you're a coffee nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the grinder is okay. The kettle I would not recommend. Um, but it was worth the experiment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, with the burr grinder, you technically have one stationary burr and it's the other one that moves. So you don't, you don't have to have, I mean, both of them don't have to move. And we kind of briefly talked about low speed versus high speed, uh, earlier, but low speed grinders are going to be more what you get for the home, um, like the Baratza, um, or what you have behind the bar that is what I call not constantly on. You know, if you have a big commercial grinder where you're um, grinding for filling, you know, multiple ground coffee orders and it's just on all the time, that's probably a, a high speed grinder. The, the low speed, they produce less heat, less noise, and they have less static. Um, so those are some, some benefits there. Uh, and now this is getting a little technical and geeky, but um, y'all stick with me here. The low speed grinders, you can have a direct drive, which means that um, it's, it's actually hooked directly into the motor or it can have a gear reduction. So think about uh, your multiple gear bike. So if you're going uphill and you're doing a lot of pedaling, but it's only going a little bit. Um, so those are a couple of different ways that they can they can slow down that that grind speed. And Matt kind of talked about this a little bit with the the burrs grinding out. I mean the burrs wearing out. Uh, but you can have different type so you can have metal you can have ceramic my hand grinder that i use actually has ceramic burrs um most burrs are metal um and there's not a big difference between that and ceramic um ceramic does tend to stay sharper longer but you have but the flip side is you have more chance of it um cracking um whereas you're not going to get that you know obviously with the Sure. Metal burrs. I can tell you one of the biggest 
issues we've ran into with cafe partners is them calling and saying, um, you know, Hey, that we're not getting the coffee doesn't taste right. It's not the same espresso shots. One's pulling for 20 seconds. The exact next one is pulling for 35. Can you come down here and, or help us figure out what's going on? Yeah. And generally what we found is these are the cafes that have started and not bought the commercial grinder. They bought more of the, the prosumer grinders start with, and you yeah. look on there and, Hey, your burrs are good for 500 pounds. And, and we look back through roaster tools and it's like, well, you're at, you're at a thousand pounds already. Have you changed the burrs? And they haven't. Right. And that makes a huge difference uh, as well as, as making sure that they, if you're at home, um, and you want to brew better coffee and you do decide to invest in one of these burr grinders. Um, there is a little bit of maintenance, I guess, that we didn't talk about that, that, uh, or maybe we're going to get to it down here, but uh, go you ahead will have and talk to, about it. You will have to maintain these grinders a, a little more, uh, with my on car, I probably take it apart every four or five months. Um, take the burrs out of it, clean the inside, shop back it out a little bit. Um, when you take the encore apart, there are three different manual settings on the inside that you can set as well as the dial on top Mm -hmm. um, to fine tune it. Um, You also, I run grinds through ours several times a week um, or at least once a week with the one in the house, which is a cleaning agent that runs through the burrs. And I let that sit in there overnight to break down all those oils and fats as Kenneth was talking about. And um, then we purge it the next morning and run it through. So there are a few downfalls where there's definitely more maintenance involved. Uh, but I think it's it's well worth it. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Hey, 101ers, it's Kenneth, and I have kind of a request for you. We don't do uh, ad spaces in the Coffee 101 podcast. The way that you can support uh, this podcast, if you are enjoying it is uh, just go to humblecoffee.com and buy a bag of coffee or buy 17 bags of coffee and a really hip and cool enamel mug if you want. Um, that's a way for you to get some great tasting coffee and a really cool mug and for us to continue to do this. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening as always. And uh, we just, we love doing this for you. So thank you. All right, now let's get back to the show. Yeah, and when when Matt says purge, what he's talking about, and and grinds, um, the am I? You tell me, am I correct in saying that specifically you're talking about something that's coming from Ernex? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So Ernex has a. You can look it up. U R N E X. They have. It's just like a little pellet that you can simply run through your grinder that uh, cleans it. And then when Matt's talking about a purge, he's talking about running some beans through uh, to kind of clean out any of that that's left before you know you restart using it. And you don't have to have a lot of beans to go through; just a little bit. Yeah. And it's a non-toxic cleaner, but it it does make a big difference. Um, especially at home. If you're, if you're a person who likes darker coffee and you're going to see some of those oils coming out of the coffee, then you're going to need to do it more often than the person who's just a light roast, um, drinker. Yeah. Um, and so we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but there are technically two types of burr grinders. There's conical and there's flat. So if you're 
using that Baratza Encore or a lot of the home grinders, burr grinders, they're probably going to be conical. Um, so think about it like a cupcake wrapper, but you cut the bottom part off of it. And then you have two of those that kind of go together. And so they grind the beans and then the beans just simply by gravity, you know, then fall through that, what we're calling gates. And again, we're talking about millimeters here as far as precision and even less than millimeters. And, um, then, um, yeah, that's really it as far as the, the conical goes. And then the flat will, it will, um, we said for both of these, you have one stationary burr and then you have one that's spinning. This one that's spinning, it actually, they, they have another, we're not going to get too into it, but they have some other things that basically push the the ground coffee out to the edges of that flat plate. And then it's from there that they then fall down um, into, you know, your hopper. Yeah, we used to be able to get those blades resharpened unfortunately, at least for ditting, and, and uh, now they don't resharpen them anymore. You just have to buy new ones. So, um, But when they would come back, it, it's really strange. I'm sure you've looked at it, Kenneth. You can't really tell that they're sharp um, by looking at them, yeah. uh, but they, they are. You'll, you'll notice a big difference when they come back. Um, I just bought a new set. I have two grinders that I switched dittings back and forth that are sitting over there, and um, I don't I, – they're expensive burrs. I don't remember what they cost, but I, I know it's not fun when you order them. Yep. And, and, you know, one thing, another thing to think about with the, um, with the flat burrs is they tend to retain coffee, like ground coffee worse than a conical does. And so sometimes, or you may have to clean them a little more often or just have an awareness that if you're starting to get some off flavors in your cup, it might be that old grounds are coming through. Um, so just something to be aware of. Absolutely. Let's talk about dosing versus non-dosing grinders. Um, do you have a lot of, are you familiar with that any or? Yeah, we primarily, most of our cafe partners right now, we, we I, I shouldn't say all, but most of them were using Melconig, um, either the E65, um, grind by time. I think it's the S or the yeah, E65 or E80 S. grind by weight. We're using both of those. Um, I think they both have advantages and disadvantages depending, um, what you're looking for. I think they're both phenomenal grinders. Um, and you just have to go through and tweak both of them and decide what you want. But as far as speed, um, if someone was in the cafe setting and the E80, I, and again, I may be speaking out of turn here, it's either E80, I believe it's E80 or E85, um, you're not going to get much heat out of those grinders. You can go back to back and pulling espresso shots all day long, and that thing is just going to keep going for you and not have any problems. Um, so you can set them both either way. One's by weight. The other one is by time. I, I would say they're both. I would consider them both a dosing grinder, I guess. But um, how about yourself? Yeah, so we use a, um, I guess it's an e, Malconic E65S. And so that that goes by, like you can dial in the time. Uh, so, so you do have to dial it in as far as 
um, let's say you start with, um, I'm going to stick uh, my port filter into there for three seconds, um, and then you weigh it. And so in our example, um, at our headquarters, that uh, might look like 12 grams for us. Um, and then, so we've actually bumped it up uh, 3.9 seconds, I think, when I looked at it this morning, is kind of the right to get us the right dosing for, um, you know, a double shot espresso. Um, but when we're talking about, and this can be a little confusing, but when we're talking about dosing versus non-dosing grinders, um, with dosing, there's an actual chamber that's in front of the grinder. And I, I've got one uh, here in the shop I'm looking at right now. It's a Simonelli where you it's almost like you pre-grind the coffee and it goes into you. a hopper and then you it has it has these little like pie-shaped segments that it fills and each segment will say just for an example will will have 7 grams of coffee in it sure. and, and so you you'll see um it, the the gr- the grinder itself just looks different and so you'll see the barista like 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 shifting there's like a little lever on the side where they'll they'll shift and release through a chute this pre-measured amount of ground coffee um you know it, the biggest thing is um as far as a pro is that it's less mess um because the ground coffee's been sitting there while it's settled you know there's less static um but the main con which i have i have I have big beef with this is that um, you may be wasting a lot of coffee um, if you're grinding, you know, too much because you're put, you're then adding a step in the middle and that you're putting it in this hopper that you then get it out of. Um, but then also it may be what we would consider stale um, by the time that, you know, you actually use it. Um so it's a fine line there. And then, of course, non-dosing is just as simply as the grinders like uh, Matt and I are talking about that um, these days you can still almost automate the amount that you're getting out, um, but it doesn't have that chamber on the front. Yeah, as far as the dose, those we used to sell those um and we used them. The Ranchilio, I guess, was the one we had that had the doser on the front. Um, I think for a home setting, they would be perfectly acceptable. And, and for a cafe, they would work as well. It's just we found that they were a little more time-consuming yeah. um, as well, that you couldn't get shots out as fast with them. And then I'm one that I, I totally agree with you, Ken. I don't like going into a cafe and ordering one, and they're looking. The grounds have been sitting in there um, and you don't know for how who long. knows how long. Yeah. And, and then they're – they're dosing that out for me in the shot. And it may have just been five minutes, who knows, but it just mentally, I'm like, well, how long has yeah. that been sitting in there? Um, but again, they have a great, you know, if you're starting out or, or that's what you've always used and you're happy with it, by all means, they're, they're work well. Yeah. But we've made definitely, I would say in the last two to three years in the cafe settings, Malconi has made some big jumps with the grind by weight and things like that. And it, and it takes, um, you know, it really speeds up the process for the barista. Yeah. Um, and step versus stepless on grinders. Um, you know, when you're looking at what, what I mean by that is, does it click? 
Um, sure. And so if it, so here's a couple of things to think, whether this is in the home or in the shop, is those steps or those clicks in between, you may be thinking, well, I want more precision. Um, so two things. One, the companies usually are really good at engineering those clicks so that in between clicks is a significant difference in grind size and then ultimately what you're going to get in the cup. So they have engineered the distances for that. The other thing is that that click helps to lock that grind, those burrs exactly into place. Um, and so, um, you know, that's that's one thing to um, think about. Uh, and you have step less, which is where it's just this smooth sliding uh, thing, which it, it does work, um, but, you know, you may not – you may not have, you may not need it. Um, you may not need to get sure. it so, so exact. And then you, ha- and then you have to worry about, um, is it going to slide? You know, everybody, every grinder manufacturer is going to say, no, it's not going to slide, but you stand a better, I'll say this, I'll say you you stand a better chance of it not sliding into a position you don't want to in if you have those clicks are those steps that will actually lock it into that position. Yeah. And I think it depends a lot on the manufacturer. You know, you see a lot of places used to carry, um, and I've had a couple of them, the old bun that you see in the grocery store that were the clicks. And it would say the picture of the coffee pot here and maybe a French press or whatever they had on there, there. And there was maybe only three to four steps on that machine um, where you could get where, as we talked about for the home Grinder, the Baratza Encore has the steps. It has three settings internally that you can go in and adjust, and then it has the steps on top. And each grinder is going to be different. Like you said, that's that's one thing that we get asked a lot is, well, I just bought a Baratza Encore, and I want to drip coffee. What number should I set it on? Yeah. And unfortunately, it depends internally. There's three different settings, and they can come from the factory. I'm not sure why, but but the, they can be in different settings coming from the factory. And it, it's really unique. So I... I can try to get people in the ballpark, but where my brats encore for our drip in the house is, I think it's around 27 or 28. Um, the next person's maybe around 18. So it's really, right. really hard to say. Yeah. And that's another good point is, um, and what I've found is that, that I can't tell somebody, and I've seen this cause I've got a couple of the same grinder, uh, at, at work for myself and, um, at home and, dialing in a we'll say dialing in a coffee for a pour over uh that that right grind setting which is the same setting might be different um absolutely so like on one for example right now it's set at like like number 18 and on the other it's set at 24 but those those are the same for what i need for it if that makes sense yeah. Yeah. And they, they will change. So, and as you use a grinder more, um, the burrs get wore down a little bit when we're talking these burr grinders and you may have to make a few adjustments. Yeah. Um, if you're at a cafe setting, you're going to have to make adjustments, uh, every couple hours sometimes, maybe you only have to make adjustment once a day. It really depends on the humidity and the temperature. And there's a ton of different factors that go in for at home. If you're just making drip coffee, you're probably not going to have to mess with once you, if you're buying the same, 
coffee or you've made a coffee a few times for a pour over, you're going to have it pretty close to dialed in. You're not going to have to make any major adjustments most of the time. Right. But another, yeah. And another thing to think about is if, whether it's a how to video for Limbo coffee or starve rock or anybody, um, if they say that they use their, you know, on their dial, on their brats encore grinder, it's at 18. Like, you know, don't think that you can't change that on yours if you're not getting what you think they're getting out of the cup because you can because they're they're not going to be like perfect grinder to grinder. Yeah, and I have found that, um, you know, I used to really pay a lot of attention when I'm done with the grounds and, and if the grounds looked what I call muddy, yeah. Um, a lot of times I felt like, you know, it was too fine and I wasn't getting the perfect extraction, but there are some coffees um, some of those really dense African coffees that I feel the grounds can be a little bit muddy and you can still get that perfect cup out of it. Yep. Um, one last thing I wanted to say before we jumped into hand grinders is if, if you own a shop um, or if you have a voice in the input of a shop, I, like there's a difference in the precision or the accuracy of a dedicated espresso grinder versus just any grinder so um you know the the burrs and the variations are optimized for a grinding range that would be optimal for espresso so just have an awareness of that the only one that i know of and i'm sure there's more that you're probably more aware that you could do a little bit of both was that the eek KK, I believe it is 43 where there's a two sets of burrs and you could put one on mm-hmm. one side for drip and one on the other. Um, we actually have one. I'll be honest with you. I, I wouldn't recommend it for the cafe setting as far as for doing espresso, but um, you can put two different burrs settings in, in each end. Yeah. Um, which makes it unique if you're doing a couple different things with it. Yeah. Um, but I, but I wholeheartedly agree. They're, they're going to be two major, they're, they're going to be, if you have a cafe setting, you're, to me, your most important grinder is your espresso grinder, making yep. sure that's right and spending the money on that one. And I even am starting to get to the point where with the Malconings, I, I really think that the puck press attachment is well worth the money as well. Yeah, man, we could go off on on that. And, and we'll probably have, I don't know if we'll have an episode dedicated to puck press, but we'll, we will have one on, or probably multiple ones on espresso in general. And um, I will just leave, leave this teaser here and say that my personal opinion is that you get more consistency and an even distribution and a reliability of your uh, puck and your espresso shot using a puck press versus um, having a barista. Um, although I, I'm a, I appreciate that they do it and I do think it's a craft, you know, tamp it themselves. Um, and then also the flip side of them, you know, having issues with having sore wrists, um, you know, yes. later down the road versus um, something that, that we can automate and we can use that time that we were, you know, honing in this skill to then lend those extra seconds to, you know, talking directly with the customer or however we want to use that. 
I have the utmost respect as, as well as you do, Kenneth, for baristas, because if it wasn't for them, the coffees that we're sitting here roasting wouldn't be showcased. Yeah. But I wholeheartedly agree with you with the puck press and the fact that, you know, one barista, how they tamp versus another barista, maybe there's five or six baristas that day and you're not, you just can't get the consistency uh, person to person as well as that puck press does it. Yep, you're right. And when one-on-oneers out there, when we talk about tamping, we're talking about when you see the barista behind the bar, like use this little circle thing and press down on what we call the puck, which is the the ground coffee in the portafilter, which is this thing that they're holding in their hand, and then they put under the espresso machine to get your espresso shot. So there will be some episodes on that later, but that just kind of gives you a little teaser um, so let's shift gears. And the last thing we're going to talk about is hand grinders. Um, I have a little Hario hand grinder that I use for the road. I really like it, um, because it's quiet. Um, it was honestly, I think it was less than 30 bucks. Um, it's got ceramic burrs. Um, and you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not using it to make espresso. Uh, you know, usually I have an AeroPress, and, um, so I think it does a great job. What are your thoughts on hand grinders? Well, you know, I never owned one until I watched you at the AeroPress um, <laughs> yeah. using your Hario, and I got jealous, and I'm like, geez, I need to go home and buy one of those. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I, I actually have been using one uh, out in the roastery almost every morning, and I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't get one earlier. I, you know, most of the time um, out here, I'm using the Kalita Wave. Yeah. Uh, the Kalita Wave 155, and, and I use the Hario, and I – it's quiet. It's kind of, maybe yeah. I can get some of my aggression out and wake up in the morning and, and a little bit of a workout, but I, I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Depending on, uh, depending on how much muscle you have, which I don't have much at all. Um, no, I don't. I will even have to, uh, switch hands every now and then because, <laughs> because it, it wears me <laughs> out like doing the actual like grinding. But one big advantage is if you have kids in the house, uh, if you have, animals in the house that tend to make a lot of noise if they get up um, and you're trying to still be in your quiet space where you haven't had your coffee yet and you can think before the day starts a hand grinder is is a really great way because it's so quiet i'd like to dive a little deeper into them. i know they have a lot of them out there and and there's some ones that are like the Hario, like you said, I mean, under $30 or right in that ballpark, I'm sure. And uh, there's some that get really expensive that are probably $300 or, or more. Yeah. Um, Commandante. Yeah. And for what I do, what I have is works perfectly. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, I used to use our, our uh, EK or the Ditting out here and it's loud, like you said, and I kind of haven't woke up in the morning when I'm out here. And I just think the Hario is fantastic for that. Yeah. And it, and you get a great a great grind out of that. Yep. Uh, yep, you do. And um the Commandante that I was talking about, uh it's expensive. Um I have actually um I've never I don't have one. Um I'm waiting for either a birthday gift or something uh because I just I personally I don't know, I can't justify getting it for myself just yet. Um, but the people who have them, um, you know, swear by them. So I don't know, maybe one of these days, you know, you and I are coffee nerds. We like getting all these little gadgets. Well, someday you'll look at it and say, I need it. And then you'll have it. That's usually the way it happens. Quote need. Yeah. Yep. 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 Research. 
Well, listen, research and development. That's right. That's right. That's the way we spin it. Um, so we talked over, you know, the last couple of episodes about grinders and everything grinder. And now I want to see what's going on with Starve Rock. How are things going? Oh, they're going well. Been busy and, uh, Things are well. We're getting, you know, it's that time of year, as you know, as a parent, that we're getting into travel baseball season. Uh, we were supposed to have our first game today, but it's the 30s and it was uh, misting a little bit of rain and snow as it was the last time you and I chatted. So we're ready for spring up here and um, get a lot of coffee to roast over the summer. Some exciting new coffees are starting to arrive uh, using the June, July time. So it's always fun when new coffees arrive and we get to play around with them as a roaster. Um, and see what we can get out of these coffees. And we're starting to sample a lot of coffees and, and uh, kind of exciting times. Well, cool. So people can go to starverockcoffeecompany.com or, and or you can follow Starve Rock Coffee Company on social. Um, and that's where people can check you out. They can see what kind of new coffees you have coming up. And uh, they can, from there, kind of figure out, you know, where did the name Starve Rock come from and we'll put a uh, we'll also put a link to the um last podcast episode that we uh we did together um where you kind of went into that story so matt it was a pleasure having you on today thank you i really appreciate it hopefully we can get down to starkville soon and grab dinner all right sounds good i love my hand grinder your hand grinder yes i mean it's so like you know you can take it everywhere uh-huh. and um it doesn't make a lot of noise yeah. so like when when um everybody else is asleep you can oh sneak yes. sneak your grinder on and, you don't though well but a hand grinder does not make the noise that like a burr grinder or anything like that a makes grinder. yeah and um wait the burr grinder is the hand grinder no, they're oh. different. Didn't you listen to the show? Oh yeah, sorry. I like you. You know that I have selective memory. It's bad. Yeah. Well, and um, so anyway, and Anyways. I'm glad that I could influence Matt into getting a hand grinder. Are you an influencer, Dad? Well, no, not not yet. But <laughs> maybe one day when it comes to coffee education, that'll be my goal. Okay. Um, did you know that Matt was a fireman? I did not. That's he is. cool. And uh, actually, the night before we did that interview, he was did out. Did he have something to do? He was out, and they were cutting up trees that had fallen because they'd had a bad storm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just outside Chicago there. Chicago? Um, like Chicago like Chicago Fire? Like the show? Like, <gasps> like yeah. That's so, cool. But he's, like, a little further out. Oh, okay. So um, he's not, like, in the city. Okay. Um, okay. But, Yeah. That's so, always seemed like such like a cool job. I mean, I know obviously there's a lot of like tragedy that comes with it, mm-hmm. but it just seems like I don't know, like like exciting, I guess. Yeah, and I bet like putting that equipment on would be like so hot heavy. and heavy. Gosh. Yeah, and if you were like claustrophobic, like, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, if I would want to do that, but anyway. So that's it for the show today. Uh, that is it. And we loved having y'all listen because we love dishing out the 
education. So thank you for listening to Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee. And do the usual things for us. Go tell a friend. Like right now, yeah, press like, pause. You still have to listen <laughs> to the end of the show, but press pause and go. Please. Like if you're if you're listening right now and you're in a coffee shop, I want you to stand up on your table, uh-huh. and I want you to like tell everybody that they okay. need to listen okay. to coffee. We're gonna bring back 2016 YouTube when they used to do like the. We're gonna give you five seconds to make sure you hit that subscribe button and make a comment. Five. Four, three. <laughs> I would do it too. I was scared. I was like, "What's gonna happen You're like, after they're gonna they come. come?" Yeah, they're gonna come. So after I would you. like it, and I would subscribe. I mean, yeah. Well, we are hoping that you are above that peer pressure if you're listening. Oh, don't, don't. And so we're just pressure. going to, um, we're just going to assume that if you like it, then you're going to share it and uh, yes. leave us a review, follow the podcast, do all that fancy stuff. And we will catch you next time on Coffee 101. Love y'all. Peace out. Peace out.